You know what I hate? What's up? Well, my confusion around general astrology, but also my lack of knowledge around the moon cycle calendar. Well, it's funny you should mention that because I think I have an easy fix for you, Miss Cott. Oh, really, Steph Zimbari? Yes. May I direct you to our limited edition That's a Retrograde 2018 moon cycle hoodie that you're wearing right now? Huh? The back is printed with new and full moon cycles of 2018. It's like a tour t-shirt for the moon because the moon is our favorite rock star. Sure is. And that's right. I nearly forgot. That's So Retrograde is brought Brought to you today in part by our That's So Retrograde merch store. Hey now. Since the moon is on a constant tour of the cosmos, you can rock her tour dates with this cozy wardrobe staple, you guys. Check out thatsoretrograde.com or the link in our Instagram bio to purchase. Namaste cozy. Yes, play that jingle though. <laughs> Guys, welcome to That's So Retrograde. For those of you with a love-hate relationship with the term being on a journey, join ours. Hey, I'm Elizabeth Koss. I'm Stephanie Sambari. We're your stable geniuses. One of us is stable. The other is a genius. Just figure it out. Figure it out, guys. We're so excited. We're back. It's 2018, a new year. Same us. We're here. If you're just tuning in, we are a podcast, so I'm sure you know that. And in this podcast, we explore all things mind, body, and spirit. And you know what? We're just having fun with it. We're just trying to find out what's good. What's good, Miley? <laughs> what's good, Throwback. Miley? <laughs> okay, so first show of 2018. Yeah. We have made it. Mm-hmm. Stephanie Simbari, mm-hmm. are we manifesting? Are we organizing? What's the vibe? Honestly, we're doing all of it. Okay. I'm really excited because we started the supermoon with the supermoon in Cancer on the first day of the year. We sure did. And um, I was blessed enough to wake up at the beach in Malibu. Live, honey. Um, living for friends with family houses uh, in Malibu. Forever. And I was bouncing around, smoking some joints, eating some magic mushrooms, taking in the joy of the beach. And guess what I discovered? Tell me. Real crabs. Like in to eat, or? like it was like the Cancer Moon, which is the crab moon, uh-huh. and there was like all these giant crabs in the rocks, and then like tiny crabs on the rocks, and I just felt like super aligned. Oh, I thought we were about to like go into a ninety. And then my vagina started a conversation, and I was, and like, I was what like, "What have oh. I done?" <laughs> no, so I feel like manifesting is aligned. Also, got my period on the full moon, so this Same. year is already coming in hot. Um, Lola. And then also new discovery, wellness discovery. Yes. Or spiritual discovery. I don't know what you'll call it. Uh, numerology. Uh-huh. It's a thing. Guys. Wow. <laughs> Coming in with all the realness. Thank you to Nitty for reading my numerology. Life-changing. Um, I rearranged my house. Love it. Threw away so much shit. Threw away bottles of Pepsi AC from 2014, which was extremely disturbing. Um, and change my middle name to Falcon. Yeah, wait, let's, let's, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> let's talk about the name change real yeah. quick. Okay, so with numerology, you have the number of, you have all these different numbers, as mm-hmm. we learned from Remington. But yes. then with Nitty, I really did like a deep dive. And from what I understand, my name was adding up to a certain number that wasn't helping me um, as it related to my birth number, there was like a con- conflicting energy that was creating um, 
struggles in my love life and in my professional life and how they intersect. Mm. So I needed to change my name to a number that represents the number three to make it easier for me. And the natural progression into that would be Falcon. Well, no. Okay, so I originally was using her name calculator to Uh figure out, because it was like they needed to be an F, an O, or an X to make sense. But I wanted to pick a name that would be, it could be just the initial F, but I wanted to pick a name that would also be the number so I could use the name. Yeah, and also if you wanted to like join a bike gang. Right. So I was looking up regular names, you Uh know, like Freddie and Franny and all these like regular names. Ophelia or whatever <laughs> and then I was doing it at Hugo's with my brother and I was just like I know what it is and he's like I'm not supporting this like he didn't want me to do it at all and I was like it's Falcon and then they of course started laughing so hard and I just like it just feels right I just feel like Falcon is in the building and then Nitty sent the whole list of all my names to the guru and guess what name the guru picked Falcon yep so Falcon is here to stay y'all. I'm so into it <laughs> Falcon gives me a sense of personal autonomy and power and that's really all that matters in life. And rebirth and um, self-creation. Well, mazel. What about you? What about me? Well. Elizabeth Eagle Cot. <laughs> <laughs> it's shilled, actually. Oh, My mom's maiden name. I know name. what it is. I was kidding. I know. But, like, when you're a kid, the maiden name thing is, like, snoozy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just always never appreciated it. But now I love it. So there you go. Cool. Just, you know. Have evolving. you gotten your numerology read? I'm going tomorrow. Oh, I can't wait to so hear about it. So we will discuss. Can't um, wait. What's been going on? You know, I had a beautiful holiday uh, in Florida. Um, we can get into that later. But, you know, since I've been back, I've been taking a lot of meetings. Emphasis on the me. And just... <laughs> is that try- a joke? <laughs> no, I was trying to be, but it just isn't. It's like meetings. Get it? Um, anyway. Just ha- just hanging out alone? Marie Kondo on doing? a whole other- I've been like reorganizing like my life. Yeah. Depends on it. Like turns out that sunflower oil from 2014 was not sparking joy. Hilarious. Really went through it all. Yeah. Like, much like you throughout like Dayquil from 2012. Like who needs that? That means Why? that means I've literally moved four times with a box of old pharmaceutical drugs. Not wellness. Yeah, not wellness. So gross. <laughs> Opposite. So, um, yeah, just like starting the new year fresh, just like riding high on that adrenaline until it wears off. Lighten the load, baby. Lighten the load. Um, so. I've discovered Claritin D, so I've been really messy. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I took it because I had What's such intense allergies. In I don't know, but I know that you have to use your ID to buy it because they do use it to cook meth. I, I think it's pseudofedra. <laughs> We're a wellness podcast. <laughs> no, I mean, I was like, my allergies are so bad. Let me take it. And then I took it and I felt so energized. And Benji was like, yeah, you can't take it every day. It's like methy. Mm. And so now I just take it if I'm tired. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. All right, you guys. It's a new year. It's a new vibe. And guess what we have? Trying something new. No. We've got the week in wellness. New segment. New segment. What? Which is this week in wellness. Stuff we found on the internet pertaining to that so retrograde. Okay, so. Think of it as the weekend update for all your wellness exploration During the week. Unless you're listening during the weekend. We don't really care what day you're listening to us. So being the beginner, we're going to try it. Let's see what happens. Okay, what's a... what I'm imagining right now for this, yeah. for us in the future, mm-hmm. in, and for all of our listeners, you guys, pretend that we're sitting at a news desk, we're looking at you in the eye, and news clippings are popping up next to us. So yeah. we have 
we've got a image of Kendall Jenner uh-huh. at the Golden Globes. Yes. Who dressed in. Ended up wearing black and her acne. hey Hey! And as a former <laughs> acne shut-in myself, uh-huh. I have to say, really good on her. And she later tweeted, never let that shit stop you. And I'm like, if a tone-deaf Pepsi commercial can't stop you, then that acne shouldn't either, honey. I totally agree. Commercial with a K? Commercial with a K. Is it a K? I don't think so. I don't know, because it's not a... Anyway. No, I think that's great. I mean, it's interesting because she puts so much time into just looking perfect all of the time, and I would think that someone in her position would hide from that, and... I think it's like finally she's kind of doing something that is setting a positive example. I thought it was dope. Yeah. I really did. I was like, good for you. And it's also, also my heart kind of broke for her, though. It was bad. I mean, how many of us. I mean, I just am judging by the direct messages that slide into my Instagram messages of how many people are dealing with just like debilitating acne yeah. in their 30s. Yeah. It's like. It's one is not immune. Yeah, no amount of money and fame can prevent you from getting cheek pimples or lip injections. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we uh, send Kendall over to Jen Kramer at Collective Skin Care? Oh my girl, you guys, she, um, my skin person update. She's coming on in next month. So, so we're really excited. Okay, the next little bit of newsworthy thing we have is that there is an app coming out, or a, it's not an app. It's an it's a tampon. It's a real yeah, tampon. It's like a quote unquote smart tampon. It's called Next Gen Jane. And basically, it's going to be launched in the next year or two. And it's going to be a tampon that can read your period blood to tell you what's going on inside your system. Yeah. Well, yes. I, just I, all I'm saying is keep your eyes peeled. Uh, yeah, keep your eyes peeled. I think that what one thing we're seeing a, a big trend of is like apps that track your period. For instance, we love Flow Living and just like being more using your period to really detect what's going on in your body and like understanding the cycle and all of that, at least on our end, that's something that's really come through in the quote unquote, like wellness world. Destigmatizing the the period. Exactly. So coming in 2019 or 2020, this is apparently going to be a, a, a the smart tampon coming through the fallopian tubes of culture. <laughs> Talk about the red box. Okay, hey. that joke doesn't work because we didn't set it up. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't even. I read it on the paper before, and I was like, "Wait, what was that joke set up?" Because like you, deli- you like you, you deliver mail the tampon it like out. you de- you return it like you return a movie. And Talk about a red box. Got it. Yeah, okay, we're working it out. We're working it out, guys. <laughs> it's a new segment. Permission to be the beginner. Okay. And the last thing is the. Goop recommended that you start your year with a coffee enema. Which I'm intrigued about only because Fatima, our colonics practitioner, she teaches her patients how to do these at home. Like she does a workshop of these. So I've always been a little bit intrigued. But I also feel like there's this like funny world where we introduce another segment where we're just like same Gwyneth. (laughs) I thought you were going to say another segment where it's called things we put up our butt. Well, that too. But... um. (laughs) You know, it's like everyone should start the year off with a coffee enema. Same Gwyneth. Like, what? Okay. Just We just have to call it out. Not I mean, that I have we're not trouble intrigued. with a French press. I don't think I can do a coffee enema. Totally. Like, it seems complicated, yeah. but we're not saying. But if you guys are doing it, let us know. Yeah. Take a video. We have interest. <laughs> so if you guys have anything that you think is worthy of This Week in Wellness, Slide into our DMs. Let us know. Yeah, let us know We'll give good. you a little shout-out on air mm-hmm. if we end up using it. So uh, keep a lookout. Um, on to the interview. Love it. Beautiful. Yes, that's a retrograde. 
first guest of 2018. Are we ready for it? I'm so ready. Do you think he's ready? Are you ready? You guys are talking about me like I'm not even ready. <laughs> but you're here. That's how this whole thing's going to go. The listeners mm-hmm. can't see us, so they don't know if you're here or not. You That's could the be thing about slowly it. descending from a hole in the cosmos right now, <laughs> gently seated. Well, you know, I'm into meditation. That's kind of one of my powers. Appearing <laughs> in like a burst of glitter and yeah. fabulousness, yeah. we've got Dan Harris, ABC News anchor and author of the books 10% Happier and the new book, A Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics. Welcome to That's So Retrograde. Thank you. We're so thrilled to have you. I'm thrilled to be here. We um, had been trying to uh, get you here sitting with us since 10% Happier came out. Really? Who was saying no to you? No, we just like couldn't work it schedule wise. Okay. Yeah, because you're basically. Thanks in New York. for finally showing <laughs> up, Dan. <laughs> I was like, do I have some people who are saying no to stuff? No, that we've okay. been. Do we've I have a team in, that I don't know about? Been in conversation. Okay. And now here it is. It's finally manifested itself to this moment. Excellent. So, um, you're uh, famously. We'll just like go into it and like glaze over it and then go into what we really want to talk about <laughs> was um, you found meditation through like a very public freak out freak out but by the way may I just say I don't know if anyone said this to you before but I was expecting full on Wendy Williams stroke moment <laughs> yeah and then I watched your video and I'm like that doesn't seem so bad yeah I hear this all the time so people get I get one of two reactions to the tape uh most people say what you say, which is, you know, well, not awesome, but it doesn't look like the end of the world. If, however, you've had a taste of panic. Right. The feeling. you know exactly what you're right. looking at. Well, as a former slash, as a retired stand-up comedian, um, I can tell you. Really? <laughs> Let's talk about that. I just Why think it's funny retired? to be retired when you haven't accomplished anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I understand having that internal feeling of just wanting to literally press a button and fall through the floor. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Very yes. well. Did you bomb a lot? No. Yes. I mean, I'm good at it. She's very good. You have to bomb. But you, you bombing bomb. is part of the process. Absolutely. And sometimes when you bomb, it's more painful than others. Generally speaking, though, having a panic attack is not part of the process for becoming an anchorman. Of course. Yeah. Right. right. No, that's not... You don't come up experiencing that. Like, gotta bomb enough times on air before you finally uh, <laughs> deliver the news. <laughs> part of the training. Yeah, different thing. Right. Um, so that happened. And then, you know, normally I think... Was there so you had this moment and then you went you found meditation which I think is fascinating because I think most people would just find Xanax. Yeah, I found that too. Oh, you did. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. This isn't like. Um, this is not an after school special. Right. Um, do you want me to give you the short version of the full story? Or are you fine with what we have? Whatever you want. I mean, I'll just yeah. I'll tell you the brief story. Yeah. So I had a panic attack. Good Morning America, two thousand four. Yeah. And it's, it's you can see it on YouTube if you want. Um, it's gentle and beautiful. It's yeah. There's a barfing unicorn in it. It's awesome. <laughs> um, and it was caused by me uh, doing some dumb stuff in my personal life. I had spent a lot of time overseas as a war reporter yeah. after 9-11 when you guys were in kindergarten. High school. Kindergarten. <laughs> 10th grade. Okay, 10th grade. Whatever. <laughs> my um, friends could drive, okay? <clears throat> really? Yeah, we drove. We left school early on 9-11 and we drove to my parents' house. And we had fun in the car ride until we realized what was happening. How serious it was, yeah. yeah. So for me, as I was 30 at the time and ended up becoming a war correspondent, with, I'd never spent any real time in, in war zones and... I got hooked on it, and when I got home from spending many years in Iraq and Afghanistan and Israel, the West Bank, and et cetera, et cetera, I got depressed, and I didn't know I was depressed, 
and um, I just felt like crap all the time, and I started to self-medicate with cocaine and ecstasy, which made me feel better. Sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, it was fun, um, and until I had a panic attack. Right. I wasn't, just to be clear, I wasn't high when I was on the air, but it, my, the doctor who I talked to afterwards pointed out that it was enough to raise the level of adrenaline in my brain. It's just like a changed. casual partying moment. Well, it wasn't. It was more than that. Let's, <laughs> okay, so uh, like to be honest, in... it had a real compulsiveness okay. to it. Uh, as a friend of mine, who's still partying, uh, pointed out to me one time, he's like, he said, "You have the soul of a junkie," mm. and I think that's true. Interesting. And uh, and in fact, the, the panic attack was a good thing in that I would have continued using drugs and it would have probably gotten become a much bigger problem. Mm-hmm. And so the panic attack really, I think straighten me out in lots of ways. But it's not like I had the panic attack and then started meditating and everything was perfect. Right. So I It was took many years before I found it. And okay. it was mostly what got me to do it was the science that suggests it's good for you. Okay. So at what point, um, I know Peter Jennings at the time then appointed you as the uh, religious and spiritual, like, what is it? Point person. That was your beat correspondent. There you go. Point person. That's the industry term. Uh, Um, (laughs) It's not that far off. Cool. So uh, then you were kind of then like almost with against your will was divine intervention. Divine intervention. This is what you now were covering. Yes. If I believed in a higher power. At what point like where in the timeline did then that get inserted? That down. (laughs) (laughs) Do you believe in a higher power? Uh yeah. But what do you envision? Like um, some a person with a flowing no, no, white no. beard? No, no, I just feel like it's a positive energy flow. Well, certainly the universe or the multiverse or whatever, I mean, is some big... Organized infata- chaos. In in sort of fathom- unfathomable uh, force. So yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, but I don't know that uh, I have any evidence that there is a high power. And I, there, I have trouble believing in things for which there's no evidence. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like a scientific meditator. Yeah, but um, I'm not good enough at math to be a scientist, <laughs> so you should take everything I say with a boulder of salt. Well, I think ev- the evidence would suggest that you've put enough time down to form certain opinions. Yeah, about the practice yeah, itself. Yeah, My wife, who you just met, is a scientist. Oh, uh, really? Yes, she's pretty good at math. And what does she say about the universe? I don't know what her views are in the universe, but I know that she, like me, is an agnostic. So uh-huh. I would say I don't say for sure there is no higher power, there is no God. How the hell do I know? But I can't say for sure that there is one either because I don't have any evidence. And so I remain respectfully, friendly, uh, friend in a friendly way, kind of curious, but not convicted. So when you're meditating, this actually was brought up to me yesterday about, you know, meditating in this idea of like diving into some space where, you know, this hand of God slash voice of the universe or whatever, like, comes down and, like... Touches your touches third your, eye Yeah, gently. and just, like, opens <laughs> you up, and then you have these, like, divine realizations. Mm-hmm. And um, that's obviously not what your views and experience of meditation are. No, um, that has never happened to me. Yeah. I have had some very interesting experiences while meditating. Okay. I actually just did a meditation retreat, a 10-day silent meditation retreat a couple weeks ago. Vipassana. Vipassana, yes. Um, although... So it's Vipassana meditation, but when when people talk about Vipassana retreats, they often mean a very specific kind of retreat Mm -hmm. run by this guy who's now deceased named S.N. Goenka. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to a place called the Insight Meditation Society where my teacher is, and they teach Vipassana meditation, but not in the same way that Goenka does. That's probably more information than you wanted or care about. No, that's cool. Vipassana. Do you want to answer that? No, you should go for it. You sure? As far as I know, it's it's, a silence 
It's a silence meditation retreat. So, so, well, there are all sorts of silent meditation yeah. retreats. Vipassana is insight meditation. Uh, mm-hmm. This is uh, the earliest form of Buddhist meditation. Interesting. Okay. So it, it you know, the basic practice of, of mindfulness meditation or insight meditation is kind of, there are somewhat interchangeable terms, is to sit with your eyes closed, back reasonably straight, bring your attention to the feeling of your breath coming in and going out, and then when you get distracted, start again and again and again and again ad infinitum. And that's what you do for 10 days in silence. So it's more of an exploration of your brain than a silencing of your brain? Look, I think if you expect silencing, uh, you are in for a rough ride Mm -hmm. because uh, any eight-year-old, every eight-year-old tries the thought experiment of seeing if you can stop thinking Mm -hmm. and it doesn't work. Right. So what happens in meditation is you just develop a different relationship to the thoughts. You're not so carried away by them. Mm -hmm. And that when that kind of discursive thinking slows down, you're actually a little bit more open to the rest of your senses, like seeing, smelling, feeling, hearing, and uh, you're sort of more awake. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why they call this process, so a sort of grandiose term, the awakening process, mm-hmm. because you are, I mean, in fact, the Buddha, Buddha means awake. Um, and so that is what you're doing. You're breaking out of this autopilot in which most of us spend our lives of rumination about the past or projection into the future self-referential negative uh, self-talk and you're actually sort of non-judgmentally aware of whatever's happening right now like the deep belief in every thought that you have that passes through your head that is the source of all of your suffering and as my meditation teacher, an amazing guy named Joseph Goldstein, says, you know, these thoughts that zip through our heads, they're like little dictators. When you're unaware that they're happening, they own you and they tell you to do stupid shit all the time. And, you know, oh, you know, eat that whole sleeve of Oreos or say <laughs> the thing that's going to ruin the next 48 hours of your marriage or whatever. And when, what meditation does is wake you up to the, uh, the fact that these thoughts, urges, neurotic obsessions are just zipping back and forth on the windshield of your mind and when you see them when you have insight vipassana then you're not owned by them and that's that's the magic i always like to describe so no third it eye necessary as like um <laughs> the nasdaq like thing yeah the nasdaq yes, ticker like yes, when you're yes. in meditation like you're watching that and your yes. thoughts are the ticker it's perfect and you're just like seeing it cruise by yes and you don't have to bite the hook on all of these things that are zipping by. The yeah. fact of the matter is you will. Like pe- People often feel they've failed at meditation because they get distracted. And my argument is that whole moment needs to be reframed as a victory. Mm. If you sit and, get, and start meditating and find that you're distracted a lot, you are meditating correctly. That right. is good meditation. Seeing how crazy you are is the point. <laughs> the point is to see that you're nuts so that you aren't owned by the nuttiness. And that is why we do this. Do you ever use it to like focus in on a specific, you know, problem that you're having or, um, yeah, just something that you're stuck on where like, okay, that's the thing that I'm going to hone in on and really, like I have a hard time if I have a problem, if I'm just sitting with my eyes open, like by my computer with my phone or whatever, like I don't necessarily know how to like solve problems with my eyes open. Does that make sense? And then if I close, I know you do this too, where like I'm going to, you know, people say I'm going to meditate on it. Really like, what does that mean? And and how do you use that as a <clears throat> true meditation? So you're raising st- two really interesting points. Um, one is that the word meditation is a little bit like the word sports. It describes a whole range of activities, mm-hmm. and badminton and water polo don't have much to do with one another. So when Except I ta- they're both really dumb. 
<laughs> just kidding. No, 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 no. I, I agree with you that that was a look of like, yeah, we're you. <laughs> Except, we're... why are you wearing a swim cap to play water polo, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me why I was wearing a swim cap right now. No, <laughs> he, are, he is wearing one. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's really wet in LA. All, yeah, this is also my toupee. Um, <laughs> I. So, so meditation, when I talk about meditation, I'm talking about mindfulness meditation right. or insight meditation, which is derived from Buddhism or can be Buddhist. Um, the secular version is mindfulness. The Buddhist kind is insight. That's one way to think about it. Anyway, I don't want to get too detailed. But the point is... No, bring in, the details. All right. I can, get, I can nerd out? Yeah, yeah nerd right, the fuck out. All right. That's my, that's my default mode. Great. Um, when... You, when people say I'm going to meditate on a problem, I don't think they mean they're going to do mindfulness meditation on right. a problem. That just means they're going to think and analyze. Uh, uh, they're going to think about and analyze a problem. There's no problem with doing that, but that isn't mindfulness meditation. Potentially, without the without the judgments or distractions of just you know thinking. But it is thinking, right? Yeah, it's, it's thinking nonetheless. Yeah. But there is a way to handle things that come up in your life in a meditative way and that so it's just a slight tweak okay so if you're you guys are having a fight right, right. and you're both really upset about it never happens I'm, I'm sure this is highly theoretical <laughs> and uh, you, w- one way to do it would thinking about the issue and analyzing it is totally fine but uh, another thing that you can do as well is to sit and meditate in a way where you just examine what are the feelings that are coming up in my body like mm. the physical sensations is the is this manifesting in a buzzing chest are my ears turning red and my stomach upset and you're just kind of non-judgmentally examining what is literally happening right now how mm-hmm. is this are these feelings manifesting? What kind of thoughts are coming up? But you're not following the thoughts. You're just noting them. By the way, you will follow some of the thoughts. You'll catch yourself doing that. You'll begin again and again and again. And that would be a mindful approach to the problem, a mindfulness meditation approach to the problem. But I think both are good. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way you can solve a problem. I don't think... I've never had an experience where I've fully worked through an issue without doing any thinking. Right. So I'm not against thinking. Right. I just think there, there are two... There are several tools... That you can use. I'm interested in going mm. back to to your timeline a little bit. Yeah. With um, we we totally messed you up on that. That's okay. You were trying to like do a chronology okay. and we we jacked you up. That's Go ahead. okay. Only you would catch that. Sorry, you're just a professional. You. I am. So I it's am, all good. I am uh, something of a so professional. So feel yes. free to throw in any interview okay. tips also. <laughs> um, no, you guys are doing great. <laughs> this is podcasting. It's not meet the press. I mean, it's like, you know, you want to... Um, we you... treat it like meet the press over here, though. It's very important. All right. Well, then I'm going to up my game. But, I mean, the beauty of podcasting is that you can be just a real person and the conversation can go where it wants. That's, yeah. That's the hope. That's the yeah. goal. Yes. Um, so you... you I'm just really interested in you kind of like reluctantly were thrown into reporting on all of these higher mind thinking ideas and religion and you yourself didn't really resonate with that. So at what point did the meditation kind of intertwine with that? Like, did it have, were they correlated or were they completely separate? I would never, I don't think I would have found meditation were it not for Peter Jennings assigning me to cover faith and spirituality. Hmm. So he, he told me I was going to do this. I didn't want to do it. And then he said, I don't care that you want to do it. You're going to do it anyway. It ended up really being very good for me because I learned a lot about faith and spirituality and I saw how ignorant I was. Um, do you think he was doing it to try to help you? <clears throat> no. No, he <laughs> That's um, You obviously don't know Peter Jennings. I obviously He's do not. not with us anymore. Uh-huh. Um, amazing man, my mentor, 
very difficult person at times as okay. well. Um, he did a lot for me, but I don't think he was assigning me this beat because he thought it would help my, you know. Maybe he got a divine soul. intervention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what his view is on souls and the third eye. I th- actually found out after he died that he wasn't particularly religious himself. He just was of the view that that covering this topic was important for us as a news organization. Mm. So Sounds like Mr. Peter knew a thing or two. He did know a thing or two. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, Peter was amazing, but... Again, I don't think it was like some compassionate intervention on right. his part. Right. He just thought this would, you know, well, let's cover it. Harris is here. He'll do it. Right. Um, Before you answer that, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah so yeah. how long after the the uh, panic attack was this? Was the thing with Peter? Yeah. So interestingly, his assignment of uh, he, he he assigned me to do it before the panic attack. Okay. But I didn't really do much of it because 9/11 happened and right. I spent a bunch of time in war zones. And then when I got home in 2004, uh again back when you guys were in Pampers, um the the freshman in college. Freshman in college, <laughs> I know. Okay. So in 2004, I uh had the panic attack and George W. Bush won re-election in a uh victory that was propelled by so-called values voters and evangelicalism. Voter Evangelicalism <laughs> came back into the cultural conversation in a huge way, mm-hmm. and I went from being a war reporter to being a religion reporter. Okay. Although I continued to go overseas and cover war, too, I was really – at that point, the the conversation in the culture was so much about the culture wars, by the way, which are back in the news in a big way, in a kind of different way um, – but evangelicalism was a huge issue then, and so I was really assigned to cover that. And then through that, started covering some New Age stuff and um, found Eckhart Tolle. Mm-hmm. And Eckhart... The power of now. The power of now. And, uh, <laughs> That's my Eckhart impression. It's not it's that good. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's exactly how he talks. Have you ever listened to his books on tape? He's met him. He, I have met him. Oh, well, met he him. talks like this. He does. He talks slowly. <laughs> Very slowly. Say. He and talks like, slowly. I'm sitting on a bench. All right yes. now I'm losing it. Fuck. <laughs> I'm I getting mean, shy no, 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 and I'm no, no, losing no. it. You, I just want to assure you, you didn't ever have it. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You had it. Um, I feel like you can take a joke. Uh, I don't even, I just met you, but I feel We're like. We're very like serious. I told you I'm a retired comic. Yes, I've heard I know, it all. I know. I've seen it all. <laughs> yep. You've been heckled, I'm sure, a million times. Oh, yeah. Not, not necessarily by podcast guests. No. Um, but, you know, there's a first time first for everything. First time for everything. <laughs> so Eckhart Tolle was really interesting to me. And I, you know, he was the first person I ever heard describe that we have a voice in our heads, that, you know, mm. that we're having this conversation with ourselves and that when you don't see all of these. Uh, you know, urges and impulses, and m- most of which are sort of negative and self-referential. When you don't see all the cacophony, it controls you. Mm-hmm. And that was, well, first it was meaningful because I was true. It was obviously true. And also it, it really explained my panic attack because mm-hmm. it explained and also why I went off that, the wars. Um, that voice in the head that he talks about, that he doesn't mean schizophrenia, it just means your inner narrator, he explained why I had the panic attack because I did a bunch of dumb things and, because I was acting mindlessly. My problem with Eckhart Tolle was that he he has been described as correct but not useful. He didn't agree. He didn't, he didn't actually give you anything to do about this situation. And he then he basically says, "Be on a park bench until you find enlightenment." He he claims that he lived on a park bench for two years in a state of bliss after he had a spiritual awakening. And I think you know they have winter in London where he said this happened, <laughs> and I have a hard time believing that's true. That being Thank said, you. I still, you know, Eckhart totally changed my life. Yeah. So. 
I can't. I that's can't, awesome. Can't down. That's that. um in the Untethered Soul. They talk about that in a way that's really tangible to me. You know, I've never read that. It's so good. Is, is, it good? is you that read the it. one with the carpenter? No, that's um, that's Jesus. That's <laughs> wait. The carpenter is um the the way of the peaceful warrior. I think right. No, the Untethered Soul <clears throat> is the the way that they talk about it. That I I tell people all the time who are like going through anxiety where we we always identify with um the speaker in our head Mm -hmm. but we never identify with the listener yeah and so we need to like get on board with the idea that like we're equally talking and listening yes how do we kind of like bridge the gap and say oh i'm believing you yes Mm -hmm. just as much as i'm you who's speaking yes um and i I think that's very well said and um I think the problem is you can hear that in theory and there's not much to do about it. And what I like about meditation is it's something to do right. that actually puts this into practice, operationalizes it in your life, mm-hmm. and um, pounds it into your neurons in a way. It's exercise for your brain. Yeah. And, the, and you know, the results show up on brain scans, but they show up in your life and in your behavior. So what do you say to people who say, um, I'd like to meditate, but I don't have time? So my little wrap on that is that I have good news and then I have better news. Great. So the good news is five From to ten. From the news anchor. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have a history of stand She's doing bits. Her boyfriend's a comedian. No. <laughs> I just surround Her myself with me. <laughs> my boyfriend and my work husband. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Um, the good news is the five to ten minutes a day I think is a really good habit. And I've, sp- I've spent a lot of time with the scientists who study what meditation does to the brain. And I, you know, they haven't cracked the... The question everybody wants is, what's the least I can do and get all of the advertised benefits? Fucking Nobody, Americans. I think it's it's pretty sort of universal. But, yes, Americans. Yeah, but um, Americans are the most, like, over-medicated, like, immediate gra- immediately gratified people on fucking earth. <laughs> that is definitely a part of our culture. There's yeah. no question about it. So people definitely want to know that. Yeah. And there isn't some, you know set in stone answer but five to ten minutes i've talked to a lot of these scientists they seem to think that is enough um but the better news is one minute counts huh truly counts and um and i i actually think if you shoot for one minute daily ish that that is a way to get this habit into your life and what is the point as we've discussed of meditation is to see how chaotic your mind is that can happen in a minute. That will happen in a mm-hmm. minute. That will happen a lot. And and the and the point is so that in the rest of your life, when you're ambushed by anger or some random desire, that you can surf it rather than be drowning in it. And I think that can happen in a minute. But what? how did you? Oh, sorry, you go. What for you was broke your barrier to entry? Science. Okay. Yeah, because I was really, to the extent that I even thought about meditation, I I thought it was ridiculous, mm-hmm. totally ridiculous. You know, uh, it was not something that I had any interest in doing. Um, but when I saw the science, it really changed my mind. Cool. And what does one minute of meditation look like? Or, you know, how do you drop into one minute? You just close your eyes and breathe. We can yeah. do it right now. That's okay. exactly. No. People are driving. <laughs> I know. That's that, but you're right. Yeah. That's it. So it's, you know, it's find a reasonably quiet place. And if it's not as quiet as you would like, put some headphones in um, and bring your full attention to the feeling of your breath coming in and going out. And then when you get distracted, which will happen immediately, repeatedly, endlessly, you just notice what's distracted you and start again and again and again. And the beauty of one minute is that um, at the end of the minute, you may decide, hmm, I'm here. I know. I feel like once you kind of capture that feeling, the second that you feel it, you're like, oh, I want this all the time. I started with three. 
You started with three minutes. Three minutes. And that's great. And then I put Brian Eno. I don't know if you're familiar with his music. It's kind of yeah. like sound bathy vibey. Mm-hmm. And that to me was like the the first little kernel and now it's a daily practice. But that's been within the past year. Can I pick on you for a second? Me? Yeah. Pick on me. Yeah. Sure. But just not really pick on you. But yeah. I just want to hone in on something you said about yeah. when I get that feeling I want more. What do you, what do you mean by that? Where it's like when everything is so chaotic or I feel sudden or like I'm working and I'm tired and I'm I feel like I can't focus and I'm like, hold on, let me just stop for one second yeah. and do that thing that you're saying, which yes. is just stop and start breathing. Then I ca- I feel the feeling of like relief and ease yes. and like I'm disconnected from the thing that feels so heavy or like I'm drowning in things I need to accomplish. And so one minute to me is like I want to sit here for 20 minutes because I can. Mm-hmm. Because it feels great. I thought you were saying something different and I just wanted to point out something that might make both of your lives easier and perhaps everybody listening. Do tell. Yeah. Is that the 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 worst thing you can bring to the party in meditation is an expectation mm. that you will feel a I'm certain way. I'm glad you way. said that. You don't need to feel... What you're describing is the relief of not having to believe everything that's popping through your head. Right. What I thought you were saying is when I get that bubble bath feeling or when I, you know, when calm descends or when somebody reaches down and tickles my third eye or whatever, <laughs> if you are expecting something like that to happen, right. it won't happen. Yes. Um, this is like, as I often describe it, it's like playing a video game where you can't move forward if you want to move forward. Mm-hmm. Desire is a hindrance. Well, because it's your brain telling you, now's the time to be calm. Yes. And and that, of course, is hinders you from being anti calm. what you're doing. So the thing to know, this all sounds like some sort of crazy paradox or Zen koan. It isn't. The, all, the it, It's not complicated. The whole goal is just not to try to feel any certain way. It's just to feel whatever you feel. It's just to be totally present with yourself. Whatever is going on. Yeah. So you sit down for one minute or three minutes or five minutes, and it's a, a hurricane of distractions and anxiety. Doesn't matter. Good. Because you just want to see whatever's there clearly so that it doesn't own you. And over and over, I mean, this is like my whole job is just to tell people this, but it, and it's true. And knowing this will change the entire nature of your practice, and it will allow you to do the thing. Because most not most, but many people don't do it because they they tell themselves, well, I can't clear my mind, so yeah. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Clearing your mind is impossible unless you're enlightened or dead. And um, the whole game is just to focus your mind for a few nanoseconds at a time on your breath or whatever it is you choose to focus on. And then when you get distracted, start again. I have two questions. Enlightenment. <clears throat> I wasn't going to ask this, but now I'm curious. Ask anything you want. Because I, he- I heard someone recently say they were enlightened. <laughs> then they were briefly... Roll. Then they I were roll. up... <laughs> Subsequently taken down for uh, sexual misconduct. So um, <laughs> wondering what does enlightenment like, mean to you? Because people say that. I am so interested in the subject of enlightenment. In fact, I'm going at some point to write a book about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the irony of enlightenment is as soon as you start discussing it, you're in an argument. <laughs> Yeah. Because for millennia, people have disagreed about what it means. Right. So there are a couple ways to think about it. I'm going to list a few, but there are many more. Um, one is um, the classical way it's described or was described by the Buddha was the uprooting of greed, hatred, and confusion. Okay. So basically, you will no longer, if you're enli- fully enlightened, be capable of having negative emotions. Mm-hmm. Um and the way it's often described in the in the early Buddhist tradition is that this happens in stages. 
four stages. So you have an experience of nirvana, mm-hmm. and by the fourth time you have that experience in deep meditation, you have uprooted, you're basically rewriting the software of your mind, and you can't experience these negative emotions. Is that samadhi? Samadhi is an ancient word that just means concentration. Okay. So uh, often in meditation speak, they'll say, you know, I have good samadhi today or I don't have good samadhi today. It just means um, it references how distractible you are. Okay, same. Interesting. Um, but another way to think about meditation, uh, I mean, about, about, excuse me, about enlightenment would be, this is a bit of a loaded word, but it's good enough, oneness. Mm-hmm. So when you transcend your small ego, your own sort of story, uh, you are connected to everything. And um, and that's a very attractive idea. Uh so that's, those are two ways to think about it, but they, they, I'm telling you, people have been arguing about this and continue to argue about this in ways that are, are not often very calm. Enlightened. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, okay, then my second thing w- was, you're still a news anchor. Did mm-hmm. you ever take a break after what happened? No. Um, I, uh, so I kind of got away with it. Yeah, because it didn't really seem like anything happened. Right. Right. No, people noticed. People in the room, in the studio, and in the control room were like, what happened, dude? Because I quit in the middle. So right. definitely pe- I quit in the middle of my newscast. Right, so yeah. it was very much noticeable by the people in the room. But I came on and did another newscast an hour later and was fine. Mm-hmm. And and I lied to people. And I told them I didn't know what had happened. But I, I did know. I knew, it was a, I knew it was a panic attack. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was caused by the drugs until I went to go see a doctor. Yeah. Um, but I uh, – so I just dealt with it medically and psychotherapeutically by seeing a shrink and quitting doing drugs and stuff like that. I didn't take any time off. So you kept going. Okay. And now we're living in this time that is even more fucking insane, arguably, than yeah. it was uh, 13 years ago. Although I don't actually know, you know, Because you were in kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> what you saw when you were in um, all those countries, I'm sure it was yeah. really fucking crazy. Um, but I'm. we're both curious about, you know, bringing this consciousness, meditative, mindfulness experience to the insanity and the divisiveness and what's very frustrating and, you know, I think hard on all of us in the news cycle. Are you guys just like in the newsroom going like, because I I feel as a journalist, you're supposed to remain nonpartisan. And (laughs) how challenging is it, especially with the work that you do outside of ABC News to to like where do those intersect and and how what's the general temperature with your coworkers and all of that? I you know I'll, I'll just speak for myself yeah. that it's 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 upsetting to watch the news and and mm-hmm. really what upsets me is the general toxicity mm-hmm. and that we're at each other's throats and that we can't even agree on a basic set of facts to frame the discussion. Right. So you can't move forward in dialogue if you can't stipulate to some basic set of facts. We just defa- we just don't do that anymore. And that is a massive problem as a culture. You know, I mean, look, I don't know that we're more divided than we were, definitely not than more divided than we were during the Civil War. And uh, what about during Vietnam? That was, you know, uh, Bobby Kennedy and MLK got shot and we, there were riots in the streets. So we've had tumultuous times as a country. Um, and for me as a reporter, certainly after 9-11, felt crazier just to me because we were getting shot at. Mm-hmm. Um but there's no question that now is a really it's a it's scary, frustrating time. Um, and I do think meditation can be useful. 
And I'm not saying that all of a sudden we're going to squirt meditation gas into the air and everybody's going to be mindful all the time. But just for you as an individual, you too, anybody listening, there are ways, I think, to use meditation to navigate this tough environment in ways that will just increase your own sanity and add to the overall sanity quotient in society, I think. You have a great quote that we wrote down. You said, um, when you're blinded by outrage, you're unable to understand the views of people with whom you disagree. A consistent meditation practice can help you know your biases. Whoever's writing my articles for me is like... They're they're doing great. Oh, yeah. Very (laughs) elegant. Yeah, look, that's true. I mean, I find it interesting. I mean, one thing that I love about meditation is that there's an expression from a great meditation teacher named Baba Ram Das. I don't know if you guys have mm-hmm. ever heard of him. Ram yes. So Ram Das um, has said that you, it's not that you become, that you conquer your neuroses through meditation, but you become a connoisseur of your neuroses. Mm. And there's a real kind of fun <laughs> to seeing how nutty you are. You know, this process of that I kept, keep describing of meditation where you see clearly what it's like in your mind so that you aren't acting at all out blindly. Mm-hmm. Um it's really important to bring a sense of humor to this because we're ridiculous. You know, we are ridiculous. If you close your eyes and look, it's ridiculous in there. And and this kind of interest, uh, I found some of this uh, sort of interest to my own inner processes being useful in terms of politics. To see where your biases are is interesting, you know, yeah. and to see that you are part of the problem of tribalism. And, you know, like just to notice it from the article that you're I wrote an article in Time magazine about how uh, meditation can help in this toxic age. And like if, if you're just notice, right, do you get happy every time something bad happens to Trump or on the converse? <laughs> do you have a mug? There's a, a podcaster here in L.A., Ben Shapiro, who I listen to, who sells mugs with on the side. The words it says the words liberal tears. You know, so mm-hmm. it, that just tells me that you just want to see the other side suffer. Right. And right. it's really interesting to notice that in yourself and um, and to see that actually, you know, if you're so caught up in that, there's no you have very little chance of understanding what the people in the other tribe, how they see the world. And that is what's needed now. Mm-hmm. And we can all be part of the solution there. What does your current meditation practice look like? I'd imagine it's evolved. Yeah. Yeah. As you've gone deeper into it. So I, I'm often reluctant to say this, but the truth is I started a couple of years ago trying to meditate two hours a day. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. At, uh, in a row? Advanced or level. N- not, not in a row because I, I don't think I could do that. I mean, I, I have sat that for that long in my life, but I haven't – I don't think I could fit into my daily schedule. Right. You schedule. like wake up at 5 a.m. Or earlier. Right. Um, Sorry, my day doesn't start till 11, so I'm feeling with a little bit of a different schedule. Oh, I thought it was just that you were not good at math. Um, <laughs> no, that too. Uh, so I, I I, had a conversation. Do you know Sharon Salzberg at mm-hmm. all? She's a great meditation teacher. She's actually would be a great guest for you guys. She's just a, just a towering figure in the meditation world. Cool. And she's written all these amazing books. And she was telling me about somebody she knew who experimented – who was trying to get to two hours a day. For some reason, two hours a day seems to be like a thing that people who think they're serious meditators, myself included, shoot for. Okay. And um, he, his rule was he, he, he said he can do as many sits as he wants at whatever length, wherever he wants. And it's just the goal is at the end of the day to get to two hours. So that's what I do. I like that. So I, you know, in the backseat of a Uber or Lyft or on a plane or, you know, in our bedroom when our son's not having a temper tantrum or in my office before or after a show, I just over the course of a day try to get to two hours. Um, And if I don't get there, I'll make it up the next day. 
Okay, so what's your like longest sit usually? You know, I like a really good day if you know the ideal day. Um, my ideal morning would go like this: I would get up, my wife and I would go exercise together, Cute. and then I would come home. Uh, this is true, uh, really true. And I would come home, and I wouldn't have any meetings or anything, or anything, to, or any calls, and I could sit for a good ninety minutes. Mm. Um, and wow. you know, here's something Luxurious. that totally surprises me: surprised me about going to experimenting with longer sitting is that when you sit for a longer period of time it's actually easier because your mind so if you set the mm-hmm. alarm for five minutes for me at least those are the longest five minutes of my life because totally. I know it's going to end soon and I'm just revved up to go do the next thing mm-hmm. but if I set it for 90 minutes you surrender because you have no fucking choice because you're sleeping you're st- <laughs> that does happen. Yeah, I know. No I've definitely fallen asleep yes. during some meditations. But there's no. Pr- I would just say to that, that's not a problem. It just says you need more sleep. Right. And if I fall asleep during meditation, I don't not count it. Right. I you, still still counts. I like that. I mean, you got to give yourself a break in some areas. Napitate. Napitate. Tell us I like that. about your app that coincides with the book. Yeah, the app has become like kind of my. Baby, uh, mm. I didn't. Uh, no offense, to my actual baby. Um, but you love our the three-year-old son, Alexander. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, the, the, I had no business experience, and uh, still really have very little business experience. But I co-founded a company with some people who do, and we uh, have this startup. Uh, I'm gone. To, I'm like a tech startup entrepreneur now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's really c- cool, and we'll see if it works. But we, our whole thing is we have this really diverse group of amazing meditation teachers, um, and we create really fun, engaging, short meditation content that people can use. And my goal is basically my the way I think of myself as a as as a gateway drug, that I can do my little song and dance and get people interested in the practice, and then I do a bait and switch and I give you an actual meditation teacher who actually knows what she's talking about. And she can teach you as opposed to me because I'm not a teacher. I'm a journalist and I'm a practitioner and I'm excited about it and I'm, I'm a proselytizer and evangelist. But truly what I really want to do is get these these people who spend decades honing their craft, understanding the mind, going on years of silent meditation retreats and let them – give them a voice. Yeah. What's the name of the app? 10% Happier. Cute. There you go. You have a really grounded – accessible way of talking about meditation Thank you. and Appreciate it's it. re- an excellent writer and orator on the topic and Thank it's you. it's really cool and really excited about what you're doing in this world. Thank you. I appreciate it's wonderful. it. Have you gotten any of your fellow news people involved in this? You know, there are a lot of ABC News people who are meditators, they, not because of me. Um, uh, George Stephanopoulos and Robin Roberts both meditate. Um, Robin. Fun. Bye, Felicia. Oh, <laughs> that was yeah, great. That was a moment. Um, <laughs> Anderson Cooper is a meditator, but not uh, again, not because of me. He found it through John Kabat-Zinn, who's a pretty big meditation proponent, mm-hmm. former uh, former molecular biologist who turned to med- meditation. And so, yeah, it's actually not, it's it it's seems a like thing. you have to be if you're constantly having to ingest all that information and then it's inside of you and then you have to figure out a way to process it yeah. and put it out there and not in a way that's like can you fucking believe this shit because it's like that's the vibe that's yeah, the energy of what's coming vibe. into your body yes yes it's madness yes but again you know i wish i had had it when i was actually getting shot at you know right. i mean it would have been very useful for me because i think i just i let all of that adrenaline ego ambition curiosity idealism just run around in my body like a 
squirrel on Adderall and uh, and didn't have any way to deal with it. Yeah. You know? Has your meditation made you uh, explore what made you want to do that in the first place? It's to me, it's not a mystery. I really think it's everything I just said. Really? Like yeah. I think I um I'm I think my my desire to go cover war zones. I think motivation as in general runs along a spectrum. Mm-hmm. People ask you why you do things. I don't. In my experience, it's never really like one thing. Totally, there's a whole spectrum of why we do things, and um, so it ranges from crass to high-minded. So in the crass end, I'm ambitious. I'm curious. And so going and, you know, uh, proving myself in a war zone seemed like something as a young man that I really wanted to do. But on the high-minded side of it, I think it's a public service. Mm. I think it's incredibly important for us to go out there and bear witness to the tip of the spear and tell people what's being done in our name in these foreign places. Um, So it's a a whole range of things. I don't want to walk around like I only did it for the high-minded reasons. I love that. I think motivation on the spectrum is really an interesting thing to Meditate on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting, Dan mm-hmm. Harris. Interesting. Thank you so much. You guys are so much for fun. Thank you us. very much. This was Thank you. A treat. I appreciate it. And um, keep keep on doing it. It's Thank really you. wonderful. Big things coming your way. Thank you. <laughs> I bow to both of your third eyes. <laughs> Thank you so you. much. <laughs> Tell our listeners where they can find you. Uh, Twitter at Dan B. Harris. Ten percent happier. dot com. 10% Happier app, 10% Happier podcast. ABC News. ABC, oh, yeah, that's right. ABC News. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm overexposed. <laughs> I'm on the edge of overexposure. Yes, Taylor yes. Swift and Dan Harris. Mm-hmm. Taylor's got a, uh, she's got awesome. a leg up on me. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, guys. you so Appreciate much. It. Thank you. Yes, that's a retrograde. Today's Roses and Thorns is brought to you by two important brands that make our lives better by helping us to take care of ourselves without having to leave the house. Truly the millennial dream. Lola Tampons is a subscription feminine care company founded by two former That's a Retrograde guests, and they are making our periods more convenient and, more importantly, more mindful. Lola products are 100% natural and 100% easy to feel good about. Unlike mainstream tampon brands, no shade, Lola offers complete transparency about the ingredients found in their tampons, pads, and liners. No mystery fibers, no more doubts about what's going on in your body. Lola products are 100% organic. And a cotton with no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. Can you imagine that for a whole your whole life you've been putting bleach up inside of you? I, ugh. Yeah. Woof. Woof. The subscription is super flexible and fully customizable. You can choose your mix of products, your perfect mix of absorbency, because that's a thing, your number of boxes, and frequency of delivery. And you know what? You can change it, you can skip it, or you can cancel it at any time. We love Lola and their support of our show, and we love that our listeners can get 60% off Whoa. their first order at mylola.com with promo code retrograde. Wow, 60% off your first order with promo code retrograde at mylola.com. Yes. Mm. Living it. Okay, so also... We have another one. We've got to shout out Care Of. I know that people are looking for a way to jumpstart their health goals in 2018, but again, we don't really want to have to do anything for that, and so we've got the solution for you. Care Of is our favorite solution to making healthy living easier with vitamin packs personally tailored to your exact needs for the casual wellness explorer. So it's super easy, you guys. You go to TakeCareOf.com, you take a fun online quiz, and it asks you questions, and then it creates little personalized cute vitamin packs with your name on it, and it gets sent to you 
in a monthly form. Exactly. And you can go off the quiz recommendations or customize your own preferences. I customized my pack based on what my acupuncturist recommended. Brag about it. No big deal here. <laughs> I just love it because they come in tiny packets so I can just throw it in my purse and then take it throughout the day without having to worry that I forgot to take my vitamins. Real cute. Yeah. So for 50% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com. That's T-A-K-E-C-A-R-E-O-F. OF.com. <laughs> Enter promo code so retrograde and start living your best life. Namaste, not leaving the house. Ever. <laughs> he, 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 he. Play that jingle. He, he. It's time for RNT, those stems and leaves. It's time for RNT, those stems and leaves. Who's down with RNT? The T is our ladies. Elizabeth is never gonna tell us how they're feeling now. Okay, my, uh, uh, let's see. Okay, I have a rose that's also a thorn. Okay. It is recreational marijuana in the state of California. All right, let's break it down. Okay, so excited that it's thrilled that it's becoming it's no longer a criminal act. It was so fun. I went to ice cream the other night and outside we got ice cream and then outside of the ice cream store we just sat on the table smoking a joint like it was Amsterdam in the early aughts. Or like, you know, like as though we were smoking a cigarette, but it was a joint. And it was so fun. So that was cool, and I like that part of it. I like that it's kind of crazy. Okay, so from to my understanding, um, maybe this is more of a that this week in wellness kind of thing as well. We can, whatever. But to my understanding, so now if you have a recreational card, you get taxed. Or not a card. If you buy weed recreationally, you get taxed 37%. on your purchases, which is really high. But then the kickback of that goes back into the system to people who've been charged with marijuana-related crimes. Okay. Um, It's like a public funding initiative. I don't, like, know the exact details, but that's somewhat to the what I've been just what they've told me at the dispensary and then if you have your medicinal card your tax is 30 percent, and you can still get edibles with like a high thc content and the same what we've been getting before whereas if you're recreational you can only buy like a gram and it has to be like under 100 milligrams in edibles or something there's all these fucking rules interesting interesting wonderful what is not interesting and wonderful is that the lines for these fucking dispensers i went to go i had to go pick something up the other day and there was a line like literally four blocks down santa monica boulevard like dispensary Yes. Oh. As though it was fucking giving it people away. camping out for shoes on Fairfax. Like the skate community has now infiltrated the weed community and it is not chill. So I don't know if it's going to settle down, but every dispensary I drove by on Sunday was lines around the block. I feel like the excitement of it all is creating the line. Maybe, but I don't understand why these people just didn't get their recommendation. Like, it wasn't that hard. Hello, I got my MD. recommendation to fuck Skyped with a doctor. And she's like, what's going on with you? And I was like, I just want my card. Like, I didn't even <laughs> pretend to make up an ailment. They don't fucking, they didn't, like, care. Sorry, government. Well, I think some people, you know, different strokes. What, they were paranoid that once their name was in the They're, system? They're, like, on a list or something. Right, Jesse Ventura style. Okay, so that's my rose thorn, whatever. Rose thorn, rosy uh, thorn thorn. And then my other real rose is, um, you guys, Guru Jagat, who um, you may know as the rock star and savior of our podcast for the last year. Um, sup, Guru. Sup, girl. She recorded a podcast with the great and powerful Kepacha. Do you guys know about Kepacha? No, you probably remember, if you've been listening from the beginning of So Retrograde, Kepacha was one of our main astrological inspos. Early inspo. Yeah, he was like the, the fulcrum that created the so retrograde uh movement initially totally. um and she recorded a podcast reality riffing with Kepacha, and they just talked all about the astrology of this year and what we're going to expect and i 
highly recommend uh, that you go check that out. Major Rose. Yes. I mean, I took notes. I was like, fuck, yes, this year is going to be So he dope. is an evolutionary astrologist? Is that the word that, that I actually don't know. Check out his YouTube channel. You guys will not be disappointed. Yeah. He brings all the LOLs. I love him. And knowledge. Mm-hmm. So a nice combo, but like not on purpose LOLs, which is like a whole other level of LOLs. Mm-hmm. Get into it. What about you, honey? Ooh, well, you know, I feel as if there is always this like adrenaline rush of the new year, the optimism that comes with the page turn of the closing of a year and on to the newness of another one. So I'm just that's a rose for me. I'm riding high with that. New Year's. New Year's. Okay. Just a new year. Got it. Rose. Um I don't really have a thorn as of yet. I'm enjoying the rain. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. But I did put together my like a a little like first day of the year list that I thought I would share. Just like my little like hopes for the year, like things I would like to work on. So shall I share it? Hold on. All right. Our sound engineer literally hates that so much. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm I intend to track finance finances. Well, should be able to say it. More meditating, more openness. New plants, less pants, in parentheses, get rid of clothing that we're not wearing. 30-day vegan. Out. How high were you when you wrote this list? A little bit. 30-day <laughs> <laughs> vegan, question mark. Definitely not. Let's not concern ourselves with what doesn't affect us. Shabbat dinners. Shalom dinners. Cooking dinners in general. Mm-hmm. Make kitchen nice for cooking dinners. <laughs> Have a strategy. Sit down with it. Root in it. Eat more Lord Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Try something new. Dot, dot, dot. Many things. <laughs> but one is okay, too. <laughs> Research deeper. <laughs> Write down recipes. I think that goes back up with the dinners. Um, is there an arrow or no? No. Okay. But it, I'm just tracking my thought. Okay. Um, track your period better. Dot, dot, dot. Daisy app? Question mark. Gratitude always non-ironically ironic. What is that? <laughs> that is <laughs> this Pilates teacher that I have is like really intense. Uh-huh. I'm not going to name drop her, but she's like amazingly intense, but like also like not ama- like she's like a little mean sometimes. Okay. But she will always be like come from a place of gratitude. And then she looked at me one time recently and she goes, gratitude always like so mad. <laughs> and so I'm like obsessed with that. Not chill. Not chill. It's like the... Not chill. So it's like funny. Like always come from a place of gratitude. But like be grateful, damn it. And so like I'm just, I just had to write that down because it's worthy of acknowledgement. Totally. So there we go. Great. My intentions. I think we're going to have a great year. I'm so excited. This episode was awesome. Thank you so much to Dan Harris for being here. You guys check out his book. Um, Both of them are are really cool. But if you're this new one, uh, for the fidgety skeptic it's a really great read and it's really a fun alternate title for the jewish for the jewish um it's really a fun well-written breakdown of how to start meditating if that's something that speaks to you in this new year or at any time and also i think it's important to just say in general new years are great and exciting and optimistic and all of that but like any moment can be a great time to start something new so let's 
And with Leave that, with that. We're out. We're out of here. I'm Elizabeth Cott. Welcome back to That's So Retrograde. I'm Steph Sambari. We're so excited for 2018. We love you guys. Namaste listening. Bye. Yes, that's so retrograde.